So the cleft, let the cleft palate. So we said these two conditions might come together or they might come separately. A child might have a cleft lip by itself or a child might have a cleft palate without a cleft lip and the child can also have both cleft lip and cleft palate together. Now, this is a condition that is caused um, by other risk factors. The main cause is not known. But as far as we're concerned, the cleft palate fails to fuse in their uterine life before birth. And the cleft lip is uh, when, when portion, when there is an incomplete fusion of the oral cavity, which supposed to occur before, uh, which occur before delivery, this can lead to cleft lip. Now, sometimes it could be other conditions that, 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 that could be the cause, like alcohol, smoking, like nicotine uh, symptoms by, uh, uh, for the mother, under medication, like you have sterile medication during pregnancy, or when there is a fullet deficiency during pregnancy. All this can be contributing factor to either cleft lip or cleft palate. Now, um, in cleft lips, there will be a visible opening between, uh, there will be a visible opening. That means for cleft lip, without a child opening his or her mouth, we can see from the distance, or we can see that the child is having a cleft lip. Because the, the lip will be divided and there will be an extension towards the nose. That is cleft lip. It could be one-sided, meaning it is unilateral, meaning just one side of the nose, or it could be both-sided, meaning it is bilateral. Now, for the cleft palate, if a child does not open his or her mouth, you wouldn't know the child has cleft palate because the palate is in the in the mouth, in the roof of the in the roof of the mouth. That's why it is okay. There. Now, so for these two conditions, um, the parent would need support. The parent would need uh, to have parent to infant bonding after birth, and want to promote self esteem throughout until the, until the subject can be done. Now, for the cleft lip, for the cleft lip, um, the repair can be done sooner than the cleft palate. So, the repair for the cleft lip is done between two to three months after birth. That's why I made a mistake. Now, the cleft lip repair can be done between two to three months after birth. Now, this revision are usually required in severe defect. In severe defect. Now, for the cleft, for the cleft lip, it does not require second surgery. This does not require second surgery. It might only require a follow-up surgery if it is a severe cleft lip. But normally, a cleft lip should not require a second surgery. Now, for the cleft palate, the cleft palate, this knee surgical repair, which occur between 6 to 12 months. That's when the repair takes place. 6 to 12 months after birth. That's when the repair needs to be done. Now, this repair requires a follow-up surgery. This requires a follow-up 
surgery requires a second surgery. This requires that. Now, for the cleft palate and the cleft lip together, um, what I measure we inspect the lips before the surgery and the palate before the surgery. What I measure we assess their sucking reflex, obtain baseline width. We observe for interaction between the family and the infant. We determine whether the family coping and support is adequate. If the, if it is not adequate, we make sure we we refer them to other support group or provide for them support that they need. We want to make sure we look at their financial status. If they do not have enough money, we want to also refer them to other social economic groups that are going to help them to increase their financial income. Now, when a child has cleft lip, um, you want to encourage breastfeeding for the mother. You want to use a wide-based nipple for bottle feeding. When the child has cleft lip, you want to use a wide. A, you want to use what we call a wide-based nipple. You want to use a wide-based nipple, based nipple for bottle feeding or formula feeding children for formula feeding. This is the word you want to use a wide-based nipple. For children who are having cleft lip and they are on formula feeding. Um, for these children also, you want to squeeze the infant's cheeks together during the feeding to decrease the gap. So when they have the cleft lip, there will be a gap that will extend towards uh, their mouth. You want to squeeze their mouth together to close the gap as they are sucking. If they don't squeeze their mouth, when they suck, they will be sucking air and they cannot suck the food to go into their mouth. So it is, it, it is normal that you squeeze their cheeks together to close the gap when a child who has cleft lip is sucking bottle or sucking the breast. You want to make sure for the cleft palate or the cleft lip and cleft palate. Now, as in the case they have both cleft lip and cleft palate or they have cleft palate. Let me write this down. These are serious anger because they are conflicting. That's why the anger will, will bring this alive as it's doing peace. Now we're talking about cleft lip. Now we said now we have cleft lip and cleft lip plus cleft palate. This simply means I said at the beginning that three things are going to occur. One, a child might have cleft palate and might not have cleft lip. A child might have cleft lip and might not have cleft palate, and a child might have both cleft lips and cleft palate together. So this is a case where the child has cleft lip or the child has both cleft lip and cleft palate. For this nursing management, if a child has cleft lip or both cleft lip and cleft palate, the child will need to be positioned in an upright position while cradling the head during the feeding. So the child will sit in an upright position and the head will be cradled and then you'll be feeding them. You, you, you want to use a specialized bottle for these children. Children who have cleft lip and cleft palate together, they do not use the ordinary bottle to feed. They use a specified bottle that is made for them to feed. 
this bottle has one-way valve and it has a nipple that is cut specifically for that purpose. So the bottle nipple is not just like the ordinary nipples. It is a one-way valve, meaning this valve allows food from in the bottle to go into the child's mouth, does not allow food from the child's mouth back into the bottle. There's a reason why that is done in the case of clearly prepared children or child. Now, the reason is, if a child, if, if, if there is no valve existing in there, they will suck, and when they get to sucking, for every suck they, they will accomplish, there will be a backflow from their mouth in the bottle. So the child that has cleft lip and cleft palate, or the child that has cleft lip, this child would need a specialized bottle that contains one-way valve for sucking. Now, after the suck, we want to make sure the burp, or at the sucking, they're going to keep burping because they will suck air more because of the condition they're having with their lips or their palate. So you want to make sure, encourage burping as many times during the feeding. You want to make sure, um, sometimes even we use the specified nipples, the feeding cannot be successful. So for these patients who do not have successful feeding with these conditions, want to make sure we use syringe that we will feed with syringe we draw the food in the syringe and put the food at the back of the mouth with the syringe to swallow those are all techniques we can use um to help these children with uh, these conditions now after 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 the procedure want to perform uh operative care vital sign give o2 pain medication Keep the infant pain free to decrease crying because when they are crying, the cry affects the stress, uh, the, 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 the repair. One of the administer medications like analgesic, one of the assess for site for crusting, bleeding, and infection. One of the avoid the even the suck on nipples or pacifier after the surgery. Because if the suck on nipple or pacifier, it ruptures the line, the, 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 the suture linings. And, and they're going to have uh, bleeding coming in from the surgical repair. What a measure we avoid spoons. They cannot use spoons. They cannot use forks. They cannot use any object that might break the suture line or that, that, that might damage the incision site. So after, after the procedure, they cannot suck on nipples. They cannot suck uh, bottles. They cannot eat with forks. They cannot eat with spoons. They cannot eat with anything, any object or any utensil that will create break or uh, that that will create breakage in the suture linings or in the incision we want to make sure we observe for family interaction we assess for family coping skills um we want to do elbow restraint for the cleft lip we, we restrain the restraint should be removed periodically to assess the length just the normal routine for 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 restraint for the cleft palate um they need to be repositioned frequently um, to process the breathing, give IV fluid until the infant is able to eat and drink. Clear liquid diet for the first 24 hours. After the surgery, we provide them with clear liquid diet for the first 24 hours. And at this stage, we all know what is meant by clear liquid diet, full liquid diet, soft diet, mechanical chop diet, parental diet, 
which at this point we all have done it as time we all know what those kind of diets are um then we want to make sure we want to observe i want to avoid placing a straw so they cannot take a straw in we cannot use tone depressor we cannot use hard pacifier we cannot use rigid uh, utensil we cannot use hard tipped sippy cups we cannot use um any objects for that matter that will create uh that even social encounter that will create some breakage in the line or in the incision site that will create some impairment in there we cannot use those those, those utensils or those materials then we need, to, they use, we need to use elbow restraint close for signs of airway obstruction look for signs for hemorrhage and we'll check for signs of laryngeal spasm all these can be complications after the surgery and we must know the symptoms and signs for those complications laryngeal spasm uh hemorrhage and we'll know uh for airway obstruction want to make sure we use face marks to deliver o2 just in case they are having o2 problem teach the parent how to re how to do the restraint elbow restraint and other things any question on these conditions any question Yes, that's how about talking about. Yes, because um we use our tongue to talk. That's why children who have those conditions, they can have speech impediment and other ways to talk. Um and there can be one complication which is ear infection, they can have or uh, hearing loss. They can have ear infections. That's why when you feed them, you to position them upright to prevent the ear infection. You got to monitor the temperature. If they have infection, the temperature will be high. Um, you got to look at uh, what are we using to you know to, to to provide treatment for them. That the feeling, that the feeling, the bottle. That, what bottle are you using? Are they using a uh, bottle for what? Are they using the bottle for? So we'll check on all these things and know what they are going through. Um, want to make sure for them. We want to make sure um we check for a symptom for autodesk media um looking for the symptom of those infections like fever inflammation pins at the ear those are things we check for they're going to have language impairment like you talk about that they will have dental problems um that they have they have a lot of different complications yeah any question Then we look at uh, look at GRD condition, gastroesophageous. Uh, sorry, we look at a uh, gastrointestinal reflux disease, GRD condition, gastrointestinal reflux. Now for this GRD condition, GER gastrointestinal reflux condition or disease um, these conditions um, occur when the gastric content reflux back into the esophagus that will cause some other injury from the gastric acid into those mucus lining within the esophagus this can lead to GER conditions um, GER most of the time is self-limiting Patients can have this condition, it goes away by themselves. Um, 
there will be what we call prematurity there will be bronchopulmonary dysplasia there will be neurological impairment asthma cystic fibrosis or even cerebral palsy or cold disease all these can give rise to GR conditions so when a child has all these conditions they are prone to having GR conditions and for the infants the infants will have forceful vomiting for the infant. Look, look at the infant symptoms. For the infant with GR, they will have forceful vomiting. Forceful vomiting. They're going to have it. That's one. The infants, uh, they are going to have irritability. They will have excessive cry. There will be blood in the vomitors. They will have aching of the back. They will have stiffening of the body they're gonna have breathing problem they will not be able to eat and they will have apneas occurring for infants then for older children they're gonna have heart burns abdominal pains in the gastric area that will radiate towards the chest or toward the clavicles they're gonna have um chronic cough they're gonna have non-cardiac chest pain but that would be a non-cardiac chest pain um, we can do an endoscopy to detect the GR structural abnormalities, and we can do 24 hour intra esophageal pH study. We can do 24 hour pH study of the uh, of the esophagus to know how the pH that is high because if there is gastric contents like hydrochloric acid that is moving towards the esophagus or do the intra esophageal pH, it will be high because there is gastric content going into the esophagus. So we can do that and see. I'm gonna make sure. We can do biopsy to see why they're having esophagitis or strictures within the esophagus. We can do that. Or we can do what we call the scintigraphy. Scintigraphy. S-C-I-N-T-I-G-R-A-P-H-Y. Scintigraphy. This, this is a test done um, to identify the cause of the gastric content aspiration. So this can tell us what's the cause of us having gastric content aspiration. Um, we have the nursing management for GR conditions. For GR, it depends on how severe the symptoms are. Uh, it depends on that. Now, we want to make sure for the nursing care for this condition, the child, the, the, patient, the child will eat small, frequent meals because if you, if you eat heavy meals or other food, it also just exacerbates the condition. It makes it worse. So you eat small frequent meal. You make sure you um, offer small frequent meals. You give them taking formula like one teaspoon or one tablespoon rice cereal per ounce. You avoid food that cause reflux like caffeine, citrus fruit like oranges, any food that has citric acid. Only avoid it. Spicy or fried food. All those food can cause um, serious reflux. You want to make sure the child's position. In prone with extreme caution, supine is still recommended position, but a prone could be good. But if the child is to be in prone, the child should be prone and not left unattended. Um, we can give other, we can do other procedure, but we can do what we call the Nissen's fund application. Nissen's N I S S E S Nissen's fund. Application, fundal application. This procedure can be done in GR conditions. 
and we did GR for med search through this procedure. It can be done, it is a laparoscopic procedure that we wrap the front of the stomach around the distal esophagus to decrease the reflux. So if it's so severe, we can do the nascent front duplications. Um, the client, this can be done in severe cases. The client can have recurrent pneumonia as complications. They can have weight loss and they can have failure to trap, meaning they cannot grow when they have this problem. Any question? I will leave you one assignment under here. Um, I want to do the Hirschsprung disease. Hirschsprung is H R R S C H no H R R um S C H S P R U N G apostrophe as Hirschsprung disease. Do read on the Hirschsprung disease. He also read on into succession, into succession, succession, succession. It's I N T U S S U S C E P T I O N. Into succession, into succession, and I want to read on uh, appendicitis, append. The scientists. Now, these conditions they are well labeled, well spelled in the sunders. So, I want you to go in the sunders and look at them well and know what exactly you want to read about this condition. Then, I want you to read for me lastly uh, microdiverticulum. Now, if you look at the sunders, uh, let's look at what, what we can have in here for this condition in the sunders. Um, in the sunders, these conditions are well laid out, and uh, if we start at the beginning, you're gonna have conditions like uh, yes, diarrhea, which we talk about. You have the cleft liver and cleft palate, which we already talk about, and there are important and sufficient nursing management that you want to make sure you know them. Now there are some conditions that the nursing management are always the same, book to book. Meaning they are important to know those nursing management, and one of these conditions is the cleft and cleft palate. You got to hold the infant in an upright position and direct the formula to the side of the back or in the back of the mouth to prevent aspiration when you are feeding them with bottle feed. You got to give them small frequent amount of food and make sure you burp them continuously until you finish feeding. You cannot burp after feeding, but you got to burp within the feeding. So every time you feed for a few minutes, Put it on your, on your shoulder, the breath, because as the feeding, they haven't enough gas going into the system. Look at the GF, the, 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 the GR control we just talked about. It is also in the sunders. We have hypertrophic stenosis. We have the celiac disease. Now, one condition I want to look at also is the celiac disease. Now, this celiac disease is important for the end of the, it's the condition in which um, the child will have gluten-free diet. Any food that has gluten, the child cannot take it because the gluten will have what is what 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 we call glutamine, which can cause intestinal aberration, which can damage the intestines in long run. If they, eat, if they keep eating gluten food uh, for a long period of time, 
it damages the intestine. So they need to eat gluten-free food. For these individuals, they're going to have uh, steatorrhea uh, steatorrhea stool. They will have extreme vomiting, and the, there's a, the what we call the celiac crisis. They will have the celiac crisis as a complication. Celiac crisis as a complication for the celiac disease. Now, in the celiac crisis, they're going to have um, they will have infection. They will have gluten ingestion, and then it will cause profuse watery diarrhea and watery vomiting, and it can lead to rapid dehydration, electrolytes imbalance, and it can lead to severe acidosis. So they're going to have, this can cause dehydration, it can cause fluid volume imbalance, which is dehydration, it can also cause uh, electrolyte imbalance, it can cause severe acidosis, and that's why it is a complication of celiac disease, the celiac cancer. And I guess who've been reading this book, reading this material, who've not reached this thing before. If we reach them, then we just saw them and our eyes pass over them. Then when you get to the end class, then you see, you see happen on it. Now, and then we move to buy all those books from different writers for endless And all the endless writer, not, I'm not gonna say almost, all of them use the same Sanders to write the books. If you don't know, they, the only like uh, the only improve on what they get from the Sanders, they add up to it. But most of them draw that material from the Sanders. So if you have the Sanders and you cannot read it, then it is pathetic. Then we're gonna have um then you can go ahead, you'll see the intervention, they will have gluten-free diet. Um you will know what you will know what the gluten-free diets are. They are all labeled in your book, and uh, you're gonna see appendicitis, and uh, you will see appendectomy. How do we do pre, pre operation for appendectomy? Uh, you'll see the hot spring disease, where there is a congenital abnormality, also known as a what we call the egg ganglion, the egg ganglionosis. Um, it's gonna occur in the mega colon of the intestines. It is in there. You'll see the assessments, the interventions, the, the, the surgical removal of this condition, what happens, everything is in there. You'll see also into subsection. Now, this is a condition in which there will be a telescope of the intestine, telescope of the intestines. So when you do palpation, you will feel a sausage, you will feel a sausage mass um, on the abdomen. That is a, a clear example of intussusception. Now for this hot spring, when the child defecate, you will see like a, it will be like a ribbon form in the stool. All these things can be seen in there. And in your, and then you will see the current jelly stool occurring in here. That is kind of like a, that, 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 that you will see these things occurring. You want to make sure you look at other, like uh, the hernia, you have umbilical hernia in your book. Look at umbilical hernia. It's part of the assignments. Look at constipation and ankle paresis. All are part of the, the, the assignment. You have a lot of things in your, in, in your book. You have irritable bowel syndrome, the IBS. You have imperfect anus. You have liver condition for children. And then you will also go ahead and then you will see intestinal parasites from the sinus. All these make up the... Uh, GI conditions. You also have jagdiasis. You have uh, 
Shigellosis. All of these conditions are in there. So if you read them well, you will have a complete version of the GI, of the GI disorder for pediatrics in the NCLEX. Any question?